Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 119 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. Today's episode is a release of the live stream recording that we did on Facebook Live and on my YouTube channel just two nights ago, so I know you will enjoy it. If you want to listen to the next live stream, there will be another one this upcoming Tuesday night, December 28th, again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, so feel free to join me along with my good friends Stephanie, Chrissy, and Demetra, where we will be doing a post-Christmas wrap-up. Make sure to bring all of your questions for us. Hello everyone. Welcome to our live stream. Uh, we are talking about little messages from heaven or God winks today. I thought it would be fun to call this God winks with Gwen. So welcome Gwen. It's funny. Well, thank you. I've got like hair all over the place. I see it oh. right now. Oh, okay. So anyway, God winks with Gwen. So today, you know, I just feel like the holidays are such a hard time and Christmas is so challenging. I know I have found myself having real struggles right mm -hmm. now. And this has been an ongoing thing. Now, this is my fourth Christmas without Andy. And every year I go through this struggle and these hard times. Mm -hmm. And so since I started doing the podcast two years ago, I thought we needed something uplifting this week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We need to hear little stories that make you smile and make us think about our loved ones in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And so two years ago we started and I had, um, I had a lot of people tell their stories. We were at a little Christmas party at Starlight Ministries and I took people one at a time and other people kind of rode in and you helped me out with that when we talked and got little messages of hope. And so that was so great that I thought last year we're going to do it again. And last year I called it messages from heaven. And then this year, now we've started doing these live streams and I thought, let's do it again. Mm -hmm. I mean, at, but now I've got the fun alliteration of God makes a plan. That's funny. So, so oh, here I, we go. I often thought about calling my business Grieving with God and Gwen. <laughs> oh, that would have been really pretty yeah, cool, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Grieving with God and Gwen. I like mm -hmm. it. Okay. Uh, all right. So I've got a first one. Is is kind of a quick one, but I think right. it's really fun and just neat. So this has was written in by Carolyn and Carolyn actually was on the show a while back. I forgot to look up which episode she was, but she's Jimmy's mom. And she told the story of just something that happened to her recently. So she says, my odometer turned to 44,444 near where Jimmy left us. Spiritual angel number four is a sign from your angels that they are working hard on your behalf. Your angels are contacting you with a message about what you need to do and to achieve your goals. Therefore, open your mind and heart and prepare yourself to receive guidance. Oh, I just love that. How cool is that? That is awesome. And I love what she says at the end about opening up your heart and mind and to prepare. And I mean, I wasn't planning to say this, but as you read this, this came into my mind about even Mary and the story of, you know, she um, opened up her heart to what the plan was for her. And she pondered those things. And I think sometimes, you know, as as grieving moms, just to ponder you know, and just to treasure those things and be open to them. And some of the well, stories tonight you have to be open for, right? 
And I think, how cool was it that she actually was paying close enough attention? Right. Notice that she mm -hmm. hit 44,444 just right. right as she was going past that spot on the road. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Anyway, I just Amazing. love that. So it's funny because she wrote that. I don't even think she knew that we were going to do this episode. She just was oh. writing to me about something else mm -hmm. and brought it up. And then I quickly wrote back to her asking if I could share it because I thought it was perfect. Yeah, that's great. All right. So um, we can go on to the next one. So the next one is an interesting story too. So the next one's actually... We have three from one person. Okay. So it's from Debbie. I don't know if Debbie's watching. If Debbie's watching, if any of you are watching, certainly jot something down in the comments if you're here, especially if you're here and I submitted your story and you submitted your story, pop in so we know that you're on so I can maybe do a little bit of an extra shout out. But anyway, Debbie wrote and, and has been writing quite a bit to me about her daughter, Naomi, which I love, by the way. You don't have to want to be on the show to write to me. I love writing to people, hearing people, sharing with people. It does not mean you have to be on the podcast. So keep that in mind. But anyway, Debbie and I have been writing and she said, she got partway through and she said, I don't know if you've ever thought of doing this out in a little God wink episode. And she actually used that term God winks. So she said, because I have three stories that I would like to contribute to that. Mm -hmm. And I wrote back because we had just decided to do yet another one. And I said, in fact, I've had two over Christmas and, and I'll have a third and I would love to read your story. So I am, oh, and Debbie, Debbie, you are on. That's so awesome. Okay. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to be able to read these stories. And I think when I'm going to have you start and read the first one. Okay, the the first one or the second one that I had? I think you... You want me to read the first one about the oh, dream? Yes, I think, we, okay. I, think, I think we had decided to do it the other way, but go ahead. Right. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, she was saying, in a dream, which Naomi walked through her old bedroom doorway, in my dream, I had woken up and gone down to her room to look in, something I did at night after she died but saw a light coming from under the door. I ran upstairs and got Mike out of bed and we both walked in and there was an opening in the ceiling at that moment she walked in. I just stared and started crying, saying, you're back. I have missed you so much. Tell us where you've been. How did the accident happen? Did you know? This was so vivid. She was wearing an outfit she had worn at her graduation party, a white shirt and a pink skirt. What was different is she looked like she was so mature, older, I would guess, in her 30s. She smiled her eyes slightly, tearing, um, stepping towards Mike and I, hugging each of us at the same time. She looked at me and said, Mom, I am okay. I love you. I could feel her forgiveness towards Mike and a deep love bond with me. She stared at me for a few moments and I woke up. I knew this was real. I had seen her and she was in heaven, but yet somehow with us too. No one can tell me differently. I immediately wrote down the details of this dream. Oh, that's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. And I love when she said, no one can tell me otherwise. You know, I know. One thing in starting this, and you know, sometimes I, I always say to people, all these moms are the experts. I'm not the expert just because this is my career, right? But I will say that sometimes my 34 years of experience helps. And in mm -hmm. this case, I can tell you that I have heard so many of these stories from so many people in all walks of life, every kind, to not believe that they're not true. And I tell right. people, don't let anyone tell you because I think sometimes people might look at breed people and go, oh, no, didn't really happen. Yeah, she just wanted yeah. it to be there. So yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Well, I was also thinking too. Recently, you know, I had a psychologist on talking about dreams and how these oh. grief dreams can be so healing and so good for people. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and he also suggested when you have one of these grief dreams to write it down right, right. away. So I thought that was great that she just wrote it down immediately mm -hmm. just right. so you remember all of those details because so often I think you can forget. So right. that that's, that's pretty special. 
And down to the outfit. I love that too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I will read her second story now, even though I think I originally assigned it to you. Sorry. But <laughs> so the second was when I went to the cemetery. Her headstone had a well-known depiction of Madonna and child. She is holding the baby on her chest, looking up, and the baby is snuggled in with face visible. This was etched, painted in Vermont, and sent back here. When I first saw it, I said, there's adult lips on the infant, and I had given them my own personal print of this to go by. The granite company came back, took it out, and sent it back for a redo. So on a very difficult day, I went to the cemetery. No one else is there because she's in a newer part of the cemetery. I stood in front of the stone in so much raw, raw, aching pain. I remember looking up to the blue sky, no clouds, and the beautiful sunshine, thinking, why? Why, God, after all we went through together, would you take her? Are you real? If so, why allow this to happen? I looked back down, and there in the corner of Madonna's eye was a drop of water coming down. It gives me chills to think of that now. Nowhere was there any water. It had not rained. I had not been crying or sobbing, just in so much pain and grief. In that mo moment, I realized God lost his son too. He does care. He does know the pain. And this was a reminder to me that she was with him. I see that so vividly when I think about it. Amazing. I mean, it's hard to even know what to say, isn't it? Mm -hmm. What a beautiful picture to have that happen and to have that little drop of water just fall, just to end up right in the corner of the eye, especially when she was talking about all of her doubts, right? That's what well, was going through her mind. Yeah. Her mm -hmm. mind at that moment was full of doubt. Well, and to go right from questioning God, which is very normal, no judgment mm -hmm. there, into making the comparison that he had lost his son too. You know, well, I don't and, know. And I think not only that, but I, I also have had so many people tell me, you know, when I have these doubts on how could God let this happen, I, I always have to come back to the fact that God didn't want this to happen. God didn't want this accident to happen. And God is there crying with me. Mm -hmm. And as she was mourning and grieving, she mm -hmm. saw evidence of a mourning yes. God, of mm -hmm. a God who was mourning with her. So mm -hmm. not only maybe mourning his own son, but mourning her daughter. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. I mean, just acknowledging that pain of that horribleness. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I, I just thought that was beautiful. Beautiful. That is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Want to read the next one? Sure. Okay. The last one was on my birthday, three months after she died. I had three girls at the time, ages four, three, and not quite two. I had asked Mike not to tell the girls what day it was. I wanted the day to pass. It was too painful without her here. He did not and picked up a small cake. I had all I could do not to break down crying when the older two girls started singing happy birthday. It was awful. I hurt so much. He took them out of the room and I put my head on the table and just cried silently. Shortly, Rebecca came back into the room, pulled her little body up onto the chair next to me and touched my arm. I look up to see her staring at me with her blue eyes and round toddler face. Rebecca was slow to talk. She was only saying a few words. She just started singing very softly and slowly, clear as day, with so much love in her eyes. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mom. I love you. She, she said quietly and slid off the chair and left the room. Rebecca had never called me Mom. None of the girls did. It was always Mommy. Rebecca's voice was mature yet soft and so well-spoken. I knew it was Naomi utilizing her little sister's voice to remind me that she knew the day and loved me. I believe, no doubt, this was a sign. Oh. Mm -hmm. And just and to give a little, little more information, information so, so uh, she said, said that the that girls the, were four, four, three, and not quite two. The one who came up, Rebecca, was the one that was not quite two. So she was less uh, than two years old. Yeah. And, and she's so clear. the one that was singing happy birthday in a clear mm -hmm. voice. Happy birthday, mom. Yeah. So that's, mm -hmm. I mean, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to address, there was a comment written by yes. Sandy. Why haven't I had any dreams yet? It's been two months. Um, 
one of the things when you mentioned it that actually came to my mind and I thought I chose not to say it, but now with this comment, I will, because in support group, oftentimes when people share a dream, um, other people get jealous because they didn't have them, mm -hmm. especially when they're as visit, vivid as the one described about the clothes yes. and the, and yes. people yes. get jealous. And what I have come to the conclusion, and I hope this helps you, Sandy, is they come when we need them. So if you're not having a dream, you don't need it yet. And it may be a while and maybe not at all. But when they happen, they're like something that we need to give that, you know, and I think in this story, it was some kind of um, recollection of um, well, and a little and reconciliation. The relationship. Mm -hmm. Trying to heal that relationship. I, yeah, I would say to, to Sandy, I have hardly had any dreams. I hardly ever mm -hmm. have. And, and that is a painful thing when I right. hear other people dreaming about their kids because mm -hmm. I've hardly had any, I mean, I can, mm -hmm. it's been four years. I mean, it's not four years, it's three and a half, but this is my fourth Christmas. That's so I'm meaning that, but it's been mm -hmm. three and a half years since Andy died. And I bet I haven't had more than five total mm -hmm. in three mm -hmm. and a half years. Right. Um, and it's hard because I want to, because I want mm -hmm. to have dreams, but the ones I've had oftentimes, you know, he's been not been well, or it's been this sort of confusing thing. Like, mm -hmm. like, um, and one time it was, he was okay. And he actually said to me in the dream, remember when I was dead, mom? Oh. <laughs> said, yeah. Yeah. I do remember. Yeah. But, but that was the only one where it wasn't kind of, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know. So I feel with you, Sandy, a hundred percent because mm -hmm. I, I'm certain I didn't have a dream at all for right. a while. And even the first couple I had were, were not even the most pleasant. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and the, if you wanted to listen to the episode that I did talk to the grief expert on that, on grief dreams, he does talk about ways that you can kind of help yourself have a dream. Um, and that is to kind of almost script what you would like to dream about and think about it and write it down right before you go to sleep. So if you try to work out what kinds of things you might like to have in a dream, oftentimes mm -hmm. if you're thinking about that as you're falling asleep, then it can happen and then mm -hmm. it can, you know, give you some, some, and it, it, it and that'll just be a starting point, right? So you can have that right. as your starting point and then it, mm -hmm. it goes into other areas. So that might be something to think about. And again, if you wanted to go to the grief dreams episode, he talks a little bit more about that and he's got a website. He's, he's from Toronto, where you can go on there and they he even has a worksheet that you can kind of fill out with what you might want to, to dream about to just like mm -hmm. help your body and your brain kind of get in that mindset a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I see you wrote, yeah, you're mm -hmm. in so much pain and you need comfort. And I totally understand that. And sometimes I think your brain ends up wanting to protect you a little bit and, and, that can be mm -hmm. a way that it does that to think right. that maybe I don't want to have dreams or, you know, there's a certain percentage of people that will never remember their dreams anyway. So it's not right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Eric, my husband never remembers his dreams. So he's, he never remembers ever right. a dream about Andy. And I've had people who like, they can't wake up and say they had a dream, but they wake up with a peaceful feeling or wake up feeling like, you know, something happened during their sleep. So, mm hmm Mm -hmm. oh. Well, and somebody else yeah, wrote in too that it, it, uh, four, four dreams in two and a half years. So mm -hmm. just hang in there. We can hope, we can hope that it will happen. Right. All right. So we should probably move on to another one of our little, um, letters here. I am going to go to this one. What did I tell you the order was? Was um, it Sheila next? Yes. Okay. I thought so. Okay. So here is a message that Sheila sent to me. Uh, she said, hi, I have a story about a very clear message from my son. Adrian, age 30, took his own life on January 16th, 2021. He had purchased, 
He had purchased a little house for himself 18 months before. So after he died, the house had to be emptied. That job fell mainly to me because my husband and my other two boys did not like being in the house. I, however, felt very comfortable there. I felt like Adrian was there and this was something I could do for him. I often talked to him there and always felt close to him when I was there. Every day before I left to go home to my own house, I would sit in a chair in the spot where he was last alive. I would talk to him for a few minutes and sometimes just sit quietly and think about him. The chair was close to the front door. The last time I was in the house, just a day before we sold it, I sat in my usual spot. I said out loud, Adrian, I just don't know what to make of all this. At that moment, the front door blew open. I actually laughed out loud and said, okay, I get it. You think I should get out of here and move on. I knew, no, this can be explained away. It was a breezy day and maybe I didn't close the door tightly when I came in, but I choose to believe it was a message from my boy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And maybe it was a breezy day, but, but to but, happen at that moment, that wasn't right. a chance. Well, and just like the story you put up of all the days for that ball yes. to fall in your yard, that's not that's a Diego coincidence. Ball. I just I heard it so much. Yeah. 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 Well, yep. well, actually, the next story that I was going to read was given by a mom to me. And she said, oh, please feel free to share this and talk about specific, you know, um, things happening because um, I'll just read it. Okay. Um, this Her son, he was an adult son and um, he was ill. And she said that Rick's doctor had planned a family vacation in Northern Michigan when he became, became more weak. She was reluctant to leave, but I urged her to go telling her that her partners and her staff would take care of anything that Rick needed. So she left on a Friday, but by Sunday, she began to call every day between five and 6 PM to see how he was doing. So she what a knew dedicated doctor, right? <laughs> so she knew that he had went to Sparrow ER on Tuesday and that he was in ICU on Wednesday and Thursday. Then she called on Friday. He was dying. She hung up and immediately prayed for him and our family. She knew that he was in his last few minutes of life. And she also knew that he said that he was Catholic, but that he had always had some lingering doubts about the afterlife. So she asked God to give her some kind of sign so that, or to give me some kind of sign that I know that he had made it to heaven. She was in a fairly, fairly rural area, but after she prayed, she looked down and noticed a shiny penny in the grass. She thought that it was an odd answer to her prayer. But when she came to Rick's visitation on Monday, she told me about the prayer and then showed me the penny saying, I don't know, is this a lucky penny? And I told her that I knew exactly what it meant. And I told her my three daughters, or I told my three daughters to come over and see it. And one of them went to the photo boards that was at Rick's funeral and brought the back this photo. It shows Rick standing in front of a pressed penny machine with a smile on his face and a look that we all knew very well. Whenever he visited a new place that he liked, if there was a pressed penny machine there, he would get that look on his face and ask, do you have a shiny penny? Because he wanted to make a press penny as a souvenir of the occasion. I told her that he's letting us know he's in heaven and he likes it. And he is sending us a penny to let us know he's there. The only thing that surprised me is that he didn't, hadn't impressed the image of an angel on that penny. <laughs> the doctor said that she had felt really strange bringing that penny to the funeral home, but I told her that she had received an answer to her prayer and that her faith was strong enough to follow through and give us the penny that meant everything to us. And she actually sent a picture of her son standing in front of a penny machine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. So, you know, when this woman said the door blowing open might have been the breezy day, it was a specific, I, I just yeah, believe it. I it just do. It was a specific moment. It was perfect. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that penny, I mean, to look down and then yeah. there's the penny. I mean, I'm kind of surprised the doctor it picked so it up. Great that she, yeah, that she picked it up and then brought it to the funeral. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know that I would have been so yeah. bold as to bring it to the funeral, mm -hmm. but clearly she felt 
something like there must be some significance to this penny. And then it turns out it was hugely significant and she had no idea. Right. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Wow. And I think it, I don't know, it's cool for me because I'm to hear a story of a doctor like that. It, it actually mm-hmm. reminds me of my, my mom. So my mom actually died on the 28th of December. So just three days after Christmas, she was in the hospital over Christmas. Her doctor who had taken care of her for years, who also treated my dad's cancer, my grandpa's cancer, and my grandma's cancer. So he treated four members of our immediate family. Um, He was on vacation and he wasn't there. Mm. And I remember the nurse saying, coming in, because then we, we, she was discharged from the hospital to go to hospice to die. And she said that she was really glad that he was on vacation and he wasn't there because she said she doesn't think he would have been able to handle it because we were such a special family to him Mm -hmm. having taken care Mm -hmm. of four Petersons. Right. That was my maiden name to have to watch my mom die would have been too much for him to handle. So Mm -hmm. it almost was like, I mean, it, it, it was, it was beautifully arranged timing all around because I was in the middle of my junior year of college. And so I came home and I was home for college and then I could spend the rest of Christmas break just in my grief mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and the fact that he was on vacation and all of this i mean it's like sometimes things just work out mm-hmm. in a certain way timing wise right just yeah for what well, people need yeah and being a physician yourself i mean just being tuned in to you know uh, other doctors and how they you know, are touched by people's lives and are connected to their patients. I mean, that's something that you know, because you live it. And I would imagine that the stories that you hear, you've heard so many people connections with their physicians and all of that, that it just, it speaks to your heart specifically, I think. Yeah, I think it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think you're right. Yeah. I did want to uh, take a moment to say too, at some point pretty soon here, Dana, who was just was on the last broadcast or the last uh, podcast, I should say, last Thursday, so just five days ago now, Brogan's mom felt like she had a few extra things that she had kind of forgotten to say mm-hmm. that she wanted to add to her story. And then she also had one of these little Godwink stories uh-huh. that she wanted to share. So at at some point pretty soon here, she will be popping in. So I think that will be happening in the next couple of minutes. She's been working. She's where I, it was a good time to bring it up because she works in, yes, in medicine as well. And she works with kids with cancer. So she's just coming off a shift and going to be popping in and sharing. And that and was, she says she's here now. Let's okay. see. Let's see. So that was part of her story too, and the fact that she had done the, and cared for so many people, and mm-hmm. then when it happens to you, right? Yeah. Um, I'm just asking her if she's in the studio because I don't see her. Otherwise, I will send a new, new um, invitation. I know, but I don't okay. see her coming up though. So anyway, you'll all have to pause with me well, a bit. Okay. Well, do you mind if you I just keep talking? Yeah. Thing? If you okay. can keep talking, that'd be great. Well, partly because when Sandy wrote about being in so much pain and needing comfort, I want to address that and the fact that Marcy was gracious enough for me to have a few minutes and we were going to do this at the end, but I'll do it now while she gets Dana on is um that with my grief guide, so you go to grief-guide.com, it's a guided tour with videos through grief that won't take your pain away, Sandy, but having that information oftentimes helps bring comfort because you know you're normal and you can get some tools and some things to help yourself through. So I was going to make the announcement that it's 50% off during this holiday season and I don't want you know, finances to be an issue for someone. Um, So that could be a gift that she could gift 
herself um, or ask someone to gift for her at this time of year. So if you want to help me, um, you can help me purchase that for my support. But the other thing that I just want to say is if any of your listeners, I know they reach out to you and email you that if they want to talk with me, they can email me as well. And um, I can let them know about resources because it said here that it was her husband who died. And so somehow on a link or someone shared that we were doing this tonight, um, I have some resources on my page and would connect with her about resources for widows. So I want her to know that we do care and that we want to connect her to support. Oh, yeah. Well, Thank I'm you. glad you took the time to do that. And, and it is amazing. I mean, just to tell people those videos that you make are so helpful and so mm. good. And thank you too. If, if finances are an issue for mm -hmm. you too, I still Let have a couple of the coupon codes left. Okay. I think I've given most of them away. Oh, here's Dana. So Dana is in now. So you can always email me if you would like okay. a, a coupon code. Cause I have a few more left that okay, I bought. Wonderful. would love to give to, to someone. Okay. I'm going to add Dana in on the stream right now. Hello, Dana. Hi. Okay. Well, I guess I'll just start with the story that I was going to share about um, one time that I heard from Brogan, or I, I think I did. Um, I have to start back when I was a kid. I grew up playing cards with my grandma and grandpa and aunts and uncles and cousins, um, Euchre or Pfeffer, and we were high rollers betting nickels and quarters and dimes. <laughs> um and my grandpa died, I believe it'll be, it was just 21 years ago, I think. Um, and when he died, he said that he would drop dimes from heaven just to let us know that he's up there. And so kind of whenever we see a dime, we, we all think of my grandpa. Mm -hmm. um, and then four, it, it will be four years ago now that my grandma died, and she said um, I'm going to one up your grandpa and drop quarters from heaven. <clears throat> Unless I don't like what you're doing, then I'm going to drop nickels. So, <laughs> so it's just kind of fun with all of our family to find quarters and nickels and dimes. Um, mm -hmm. And the summer before Brogan died, he and um, Lucy and Emmett, or Violet and Emmett, were sitting on our couch talk, kind of talking about that. They have lots of experiences with the quarters and stuff. Um, and Brogan said, when I die, I'm going to drop big bills. And of course, okay, like, okay, thanks. But didn't yeah. think I would ever be around to find any from him. Um, so he died September of 2019. And in March of 2020, we were over at his friend's house. Um, if anybody listened to my podcast, Brogan was carried from the church to the cemetery um, with a team of mules on a wagon ride to the cemetery. So we were over at his friend's house who owns the mules um, and we were just kind of out in their pasture hanging out. It was, like I said, March, um, so still snow on the ground and but starting to melt, just wet, muddy mess, terrible. Um, and there was three families there, everybody's um, went up the hill back to the house first and myself and um, Brogan's friend's dad, Pat, we kind of stayed down at the shack down in the ravine for a few extra minutes, putting out the fire and just kind of making sure everything was picked up. And he and I were down there with two mules and we started riding them back up the hill three minutes after everyone else up the same muddy, mucky, complete mess of a path. And Pat was ahead of me just a few feet ahead of me and uh, out of the sky, a brand new crisp, never ever touched, not a crinkle, not a speck of dirt on it. $10 bill floated down from the air and I, I saw it hit the ground and it could not have been there. Like it, it couldn't have been there for more than a second because it would have been wet and muddy. And I mean, Pat jumped off his mule and picked it up. And it was, like I said, brand new, brand new. And there's just, to me, there's just no other explanation. Like 20 people just trekked through there and nobody saw it. I don't think so. Plus it can't, it couldn't have been that brand new. 
and the, oh. the serial number on it started with a B. Oh, that is amazing. <laughs> I love that. Oh. Wow. Do you have it like? Framed? Oh, you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's kind of funny. Um, My friend, Pat, Bobby saw, I mean, I saw it first, but I was speechless. I couldn't say anything. So he jumped off, showed it to me and put it in his pocket. And then he had a conversation. Did he know? Did no, he know? He, no, he wouldn't he have known the significance, nope, right? He didn't know. So I, you know, I didn't say anything. And like three days later, I saw him and he reached in and pulled it out of his pocket. And if you know Pat, he's just a, he's just a hot mess. So he picked this crinkled, wrinkled up, ratty old $10 bill. And he's like, this is, I should have given this to you because you're the one who found it. And then that's when I told him the story. And he was like, oh my gosh, why didn't you tell me that oh, day? It should have been. It has been beautiful. Right. So I have it. And Broken was probably looking down from heaven like, Mom, pick that up. I yeah. that nice thing to hit you in the face with it next time, Mom. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, don't let somebody else take your 10 bucks. That was for you. So I think I, I think I have $50. I don't really remember the other, I found two twenties. I don't remember them being as like significant. Well, as, it was, I mean, you can't get more dramatic than that. Yeah. yeah that was just. Wow. Was, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I love time. that, Dana. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. And writing that down so your children know that and other people, you know, that's just a beautiful story to have as a treasure. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. You got quite the comments. People are very excited oh, by that yeah. story because that's a, that is really awesome. Oh, I love it. Figure, oh, there, now I can, I'm yeah. just looking to see these. Now you can look and see them too, now. can't you? Okay, yes, now I can. Now mm-hmm. you can. Awesome. Oh, I love it. I love it. So did you want to share a little bit more about Brogan too? Because I know we went through your story and you felt like some of that you didn't talk about. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, th- I know I have to try to think of the email because I know that I did email you and the write-up on your website was beautiful. And that's, that's kind of everything that I, that I yeah. didn't get to say. Oh. I think he, I think you were talking about right away, you were talking about how in the beginning, in those first days, just being, I mean, I guess we, I did sort of talk about it in the write-up <clears throat> too, about just being just so, so incredibly numb and, mm-hmm. and that you felt like you maybe didn't express that in the way that, that you might've wanted to yeah. about just how that is so normal that to just feel like you can't really do anything, you know? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Just completely shattered and autopilot. And it's just like, I don't even know how, but somehow you just do what you need to do without, I don't know, thinking it's it's just so Mm -hmm. dark and empty. I'm so, I'm, terrible at explaining it and maybe that's why I kind of skipped over it in my interview it just I got yeah and and like you just said just normalizing that it's such an empty feeling yeah I I have a lot of parents describe it to me that they feel like they're doing what they need to do but they're, they're heart, they're not really doing it. They're like watching an out of body experience. They're watching themselves yeah. function, yep. but yet their heart and their minds are not functioning. Exactly. But somehow your body's on automatic doing that. That's mm-hmm. out of body experiences. It's like yeah. you're, you're looking in on someone else's life. Yes, exactly. It just, mm-hmm. it just is unreal. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember you saying too, this was in a different email about how, you know, like some of the things you, you did and you helped and you could plan the funeral. And then when it was, came time to like put the pictures together and do like a video and things like that, you just sat there, you were just like mm-hmm. sat there. And, and I did, I couldn't do any of that either. You know, the video they put together, I don't know, they got stuff from my computer, our home computer somehow, and it's on like a flash drive. I've never even been able to watch it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do it at all. I mean, I, someone from my, a woman from my Bible study who actually I didn't even know that well did it for me. Mm-hmm. And I 
And, and I just, as far as pictures, we didn't do a board. I honestly, we, people <laughs> went through my house and took down all the pictures I had of my kids and all the pictures mm -hmm. I had of my, of Andy and just put them up because I couldn't do anything else. I mean, mm -hmm. we, to try to do that was just impossible for me. So that's what it happened in our house. Honestly, they just came off the wall and off of desks and off mm -hmm. of places and just were put up. So it, you just can't. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, it's amazing that some people can. Yeah. To me. Yeah. yeah. More it, than, more yeah. than like being disappointed in yourself for not being able to do it. I think the ones that can, that's amazing. But if you can't, that's honestly more normal. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I would you just were gonna be say curious. something when yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it it's more of a curiosity in how many people actually have videotapes of the funeral service or of you know, people have yeah. taken photos that they know are there if they need them, but yep. really don't haven't had the need to watch them, but yet you know that it's there <laughs> if you need to, but it's like you just don't remember a lot of that. But yeah. having that record of it, at least it makes us feel better that if I want to, but I'm just curious, many people I don't think feel the need to go back and watch that. It's too painful. Well, right. I think that's it. That's it, Gwen. Mm -hmm. It's that, it's the fear that it's going to be just too painful to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what yeah. it has been for me. It's just right. th that I'm just afraid that I'm not going to be able to. Mm -hmm. So. Same. I have, I actually, my brother, one of my brother's friends, I don't even know who has it, but I know that my brother had had someone record the funeral for me. Um, and I thought about watching it, but I'm not, I'm afraid of what it will do to me. Yeah. Yeah. I've mm -hmm. watched a little bit of ours. It's on YouTube. It's on actually. The oh, that's YouTube right. Channel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I've seen a little bit of it, but it just ends up mm -hmm. getting to be too mm -hmm. difficult. Yeah. Well, we probably we've got to start reading a few of these other we things do. that we have too. Um, Dana, if you want to stay on with us and make comments, you certainly can. I would want to pop off. Right, so okay, well, five minutes, and then I got to go get my little guy from wrestling. But okay, okay. <laughs> we'll stand for five more minutes. But I have a great story here from Laura that I just love. This is one of my very favorites. So. Um, after Luke died, and, and as a reminder, Laura has also been on. She is Luke's mom, and um, L-U-K-E, so there was Luke L-U-K-E and then Luke L-U-C, which I cannot pronounce the way that I should be able to pronounce it. It's French-Canadian, but this is Luke L-U-K-E. So after Luke died, there was a full bright rainbow in the sky that afternoon. I did not see it myself, but a few people told me about it, and one person sent me a picture of it because she thought it was in honor of Luke. Interestingly, there was also a rainbow on the day of Andy's funeral that his aunt and uncle saw on the drive back, so I, I thought that was fun too. On the day of Luke's burial the day after his memorial service, some yellow irises in our backyard were blooming. It was September 14th, 2017. Yellow was Luke's favorite and signature color. There were staff at the hospital where he was treated for two years who commented on how he always came in with a yellow pillow, yellow blanket, and usually wearing yellow clothing. But we had only lived in this house for six months, so we did not plant these yellow flowers. I guess God had them planted for us before we even owned this house. And these irises had already bloomed in the spring that year, right after we had moved in. Irises don't usually bloom twice in one year. And these particular plants haven't bloomed twice in a year since. And this has been several years now. It felt like God's grace on me, like he was expressing how special and unique Luke was and how fragile and beautiful his life was, a life that made its mark on the world and would be remembered. Luke was in treatment for cancer for two years before he went ahead to heaven. The children's hospital where he, he was treated was one hour and 15 minute drive from our home. Luke and I drove that route together many, many times over these two years. We would often listen to a playlist of Luke's favorite music during these drives. One song on that playlist was called If I Die Young by the band Perry. The song describes a young woman's wishes if she died young in her teen years. I tried to keep my tears in when we would listen to it on our trips together so as not to upset Luke. 
but I was afraid one day this song would be the story of my precious son's life. It was about a month after Luke passed that I heard this song again. I was driving in my car on the country roads not far from my home. The first verse goes like this. Lord, make me a rainbow and I'll shine down on my mother and she'll know I'm safe with you when she stands under my colors. Oh, and life ain't always what you think it ought to be. Ain't even gray. She buries her baby, the sharp knife of a short life. Well, I've just had enough time. There was a curve in the road as this verse began. As I turned into the curve, I looked up and saw a brilliant rainbow peeking through the clouds. It had not rained recently and wasn't very big, but was so bright peeking through the clouds. And it felt like God was doing exactly what the singer in the song was singing to me. God wanted me to know that Luke was indeed safe in heaven with him. I like to imagine how excited Luke would have been to get to shine like a rainbow on me while this very song that we had listened to together dozens of times played. I can almost see the joy and laughter in his face as I think about it. it says, thank you for reading about God's signs from heaven he sent me. I'm so grateful to you. Those were all just so beautiful. They were I just, I mean, to have those irises, irises never bloom in September. Right. Yeah. Well, and how many what times is, did we hear ahead. today in the stories, like it wasn't raining and the one where that she was at the cemetery and then this one, like, where did this come from? It came directly to us, like the $10 bill, <laughs> you know, it just, it was meant for you. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. It's beautiful. Dana, I know you said you had to leave soon, but I hope you were able to see the comment from um, Tama um, about how, were you able to read that on the side there? Yeah. How your story. Yes, I actually just her. wrote down, I was reaching for a pen to write down her name to reach out to her after. Yeah. Thank you. You know, we just have no idea how um, the message and how brave all of you moms and dads are who have shared your story that you can help other people. And we're talking about hope tonight. And one of the things that I tell people about hope is you have to borrow it when you don't have your own. And one of the ways you can borrow it is from people who are further along in the journey. So you can ask them, tell me and these people. So, you know, whatever your story gave hope to someone else and everybody's story has just spoken to people. And I love that about this. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, thank you so much, Dana. If you need to go to wrestling, you go ahead. <laughs> Actually, my husband, my husband just ran out the door to get him. So, <laughs> oh, good. so you're still Yay. with us a little longer. Good. good. Very good, well, very good. I, through my tears, I'm wondering if I have to. Um, oh my I goodness! I thought I was going to have to have you finish reading that one oh. for me, Gwen, because I yeah. couldn't do it. But then I looked up, and you were not much better off than I was. No. So <laughs> my glasses kind of hide it. But um, this next one, um, I'm trying to see. It's from Diane, mm -hmm. and um, her son Josh. She said, "My son Josh passed um, on June 9th, 2016." He is forever 30. He was diagnosed with colon cancer in October of 2014. At the time, he and his wife were five months pregnant with their first child. Josh was, Josh was able to be present at the birth of their son and get to know him for 17 months before he passed. A couple of days after he transitioned, his wife decided to take a walk on some trails that she and Josh hike often. She took their son, their two dogs, and a friend of theirs. While on the walk, there was a woman that Kelsey had never noticed before walking her dog. This woman's dog was lovingly playing with Kelsey and Josh's dog and asked Kelsey if she would mind if they walked along with her. Of course, Kelsey agreed. Eventually, the path split and the woman said goodbye and thanks. And as she walked away, she called her dog, Begley. Begley is our last name. Kelsey never saw that woman again. Definite God wink. Yes. Yeah. You know, no. I, I don't know about you, but when I read that, you know, it kind of just makes like angels among us. Like sometimes people right. come and. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lovely. And that's not a very common. I've never heard of a dog named Begley. No, I haven't either. 
I haven't so either. I was wondering where you were going with this. Right. It's not like, <laughs> <I> have... <laughs> or, you know, no, no, no. Right. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, it almost would have been like wanting to shout back a little bit. Like, oh, yeah, I would really wear, yeah. but, but, it, but it's kind of neater in some ways that she just didn't because right. then you just never start about us. And they, yeah. then you get an explanation and this way you can this way you don't and right. you don't really yeah. want one right mm -hmm. you don't really well and she also said it was just a few days after so i mean again we were just talking about that numbness in the out-of-body experience uh -huh. i mean for this mom and just you know um walking along it was probably one of those things that after the woman left she's like you know what just happened, just happened. yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah i know i know <laughs> sort of like the Diego ball again, right? I mean, the Diego balls just falling on the day. Yes, of Andy's absolutely. Funeral. Absolutely. You know, what's really funny too, is that I, I was up North. Um, I'm, I'm up North at my cottage up North and, and my husband's still at our, our main house. And I said, after I posted that, I said, Oh, I want to post this to Instagram the story too, but I need a picture. This is one thing that drives me crazy about Instagram because I don't like doing the picture part. So I thought, well, I need a picture of the Diego ball. And I told Eric, like, I'm sure it's probably in the garage. Look in the garage. We, do you know, we, no one even, we moved it because it fell and it landed in the yard. And mm -hmm. what, and I remember, I think I sent Peter out to get the Diego ball because it was just so, profound and if you didn't read it it is on facebook i i posted that this mm -hmm. ball had been stuck in the tree and the boys had been playing around with it and kicking it high and high and it was like three stories up and this stuck in this tree and it was there for over two years and then just crazily came down on the day of the funeral so i i sent either peter or one of their cousins out to grab the ball but it just made it to the deck and it's been sitting in a flower pot ever since so for three and a half years, because I think, I mean, I knew that it happened, but yet I didn't really want to deal with the ball. And then Eric's like, it's really dirty. We <laughs> try to wash it a little before we take a picture of it. And I said, yeah, you can wash it up a little bit and, and put it in the garage. But it did. So he took a picture of it and sent it to me. So I hadn't even seen the Diego ball really since, I mean, I, saw it fall but that's all i saw and mm -hmm. it was very powerful to me just to even see the diego ball again and mm -hmm. little smiling diego on there but well and the oh. fact that it stayed in the flower pot for three and a half years i know yeah. it's on the tree but it was still in the flower pot it's still it, in the backyard because yeah, my husband said i don't think it ever made it to the garage and i said well maybe it's in the basement and he said it's too dirty you wouldn't have let it come in the basement <laughs> so <laughs> someone said the Diego oh. ball looked brand new I know I know mm -hmm. Demetra and Demetra is the next story that I'm going to read now too oh, she she uh yeah she thinks the ball looked new so Eric apparently did a good job cleaning the ball if you mm -hmm. look at it there are a lot of cracks it's not looking looking that great um so I the next story is from Demetra so all of you who are watching now or listening later or watching later know that next week on the 28th of December at 8 p.m. at the same time, we will be having another live stream. This one will not include Gwen. This will include Demetra, um, my friend Stephanie, and my friend Chrissy. And Chrissy, I think, also might be watching right now, too. I think she is on. But anyway, it will be the four of us talking about kind of a little bit of a Christmas wrap-up and post-Christmas and how things went and how things are changing. So... Stephanie is this, she's four years out, I'm three years out, Chrissy's two years out, and Demetra's one year out. So we're all kind of a little mm -hmm. range. Nobody's real far yet, honestly, but it's just the four of us moms. We have two of us lost daughters, two of us lost sons, and we will just be kind of talking about how Christmas went and how things change and things like that. And also, if you have questions for any of those three, because they've been guests on obviously before, feel free to come with those kind of questions as well. But for now, I have a story. I have a fun story from Demetra. So for quite a while, my friend Janita and myself have been envisioning a beautiful winter planter for Eleni's spot at the cemetery. 
We also felt we could convert this planter into a spring and summer one when the time comes. I had told Janita I had wanted what I had wanted, and she was on a mission to find it for me and her Queen Lenlen. That's what she likes to uh, call a Lenny. So anyway, Queen Lenlen. So after work one day, Janita yelled, come here, I found it. She'd been frantically searching for a while and now found the perfect planter for our little angel. I absolutely loved it. I said, where is it? And when can we see it? Janita explained that she had found it on Facebook Marketplace and she was messaging the seller. I told her I can't go alone as I'm always very leery of these exchanges. She said, we can see where it is and go together. The guy responded saying it was located and and she gave the address. I knew that address sounded so familiar. And when he sent us a picture of where to go and see the planter, I realized that the unit was located right behind Holy Land Monuments, which is where she got Eleni's crown, which is her tombstone. So she calls it her crown. So it was right in the backyard of where she got the tombstone. It was simply meant to be. Janita and I could not believe that was the location where we finally found Eleni's new beautiful planter. Mm. It was as if she sent us there to get it for her. This was my sign that my sweet angel is still with us always. Mm-hmm. Oh, isn't beautiful. that so special? It is. I love that. It's amazing. I know. I know. I just love that. And I think when you were saying her friend's name, she also was one who commented that friend helped her with the pictures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as you're reading it, I'm like friends through all of this, whether it's the pictures or the, you know, they're just so valuable. They're just part of our, our treasures as well. And I think Mm -hmm. sometimes when we don't see a lot of God winks, we can look around to our friends and realize that just having them is a big treasure. And right. And honestly, that can be our God winks too. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That that phone call that comes when you need it or that text at that moment when you're like, oh, I'm hanging on and a friend texts you. It's like, oh, there it is. Mm -hmm. And and you know what? It's interesting that you say that with Demetra specifically, because one day recently I had gone, I had gone to an event and was the first event we'd gone to since the pandemic. And I, it was a ton of people and I got almost an anxiety attack. I was just mm-hmm. overwhelmed. I just had to get out of there. I ended up asking Eric if I could leave and just drive home and he could get a ride home with someone else later because I couldn't stay. And I went in the car, but I knew I couldn't drive right away either because I was just so upset. And I sat down in the car sobbing now by myself. And suddenly Demetra writes me on messenger. Mm. At that exact moment. I love it. It's the moment I needed because I was, and she talked me up without realizing it. I didn't even tell her how bad I was for a little bit. Like we had a little bit of an exchange because I was like, I don't really want to put this on her. Mm -hmm. And then we went back and forth a little bit. And then I kind of finally admitted that I was in a really bad place. And, and she brought me up to the point where I could drive home. I mean, it's, it's amazing what, and, and that honestly was a God wink. Absolutely. I mean, that she picked that exact moment. Not, I, I mean, that was arranged. That was mm-hmm. like arranged. So I, I love it. I mm-hmm. love it. I do too. Absolutely. Well, totally we have almost that. no time here too. Oh, sorry, oh, yeah. Dana. What were we going to say? I was just going to say, I, I totally agree with that. It kind of, kind of going back a little bit to my friends making, um, poster boards for me at Rogan's funeral. They did so much more than that. And I'm like, I'm really type A and I wanted everything to be perfect, but I just, I couldn't even give them my opinion. And they made like three or four beautiful shadow boxes, like not just pictures. They, they made one from all of his um, baseball stuff with his Mm -hmm. glove and Jersey. And there were some pictures in it. They did another one with um, boy scouts things in it. And uh, another one from a trip that we took. And it just, it was like, they were mm. gifts. They are gifts from God. And they yeah. just like, especially shown that particular mm-hmm. night when we sat yeah. at my house, there was like five or six of them on, on my living room floor working so hard at, at that. Yeah. It just And the care and the creativity when you had none and they had it for you. 
But that's and I, like, yes, and I, like I yeah. still cared so much about how it, what the final presentation would be, but I, I couldn't. Yeah, they were just they were sent from God. Yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, we better wrap up here too, because we've been on almost mm-hmm. an hour and I did want, we did want to share one more thing and it's something actually that was shared a couple of years ago on the original one, because it was sent by Marsha and it, she wrote it out and she wrote it out as the best Christmas of all 2009. Do you want to go ahead and read um, part of that there, Gwen? And then Maybe do you we'll want to read start part? with the... Uh, I don't know. Do you want to just start with the second paragraph? Sure. As I think she's walk- talking about just Christmas. Yeah, their pain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. their, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love her. she said, but I'm baffled too at how pain and joy can coexist. As we walked out of the sanctuary, many people were greeting each other with Merry Christmas. Each one of them had their own story that most likely includes some pain. I wondered how many were really that merry. I felt emotions well up within me and I fought back the tears on our way back to the car. As we approached our car, I looked up to see a flock of geese flying directly overhead, honking freely in the cold, gray December sky. Matt was beginning to learn to goose hunt before he passed. Geese had been our gift from God after Matt's death and they still fly over in the most needed times. As I got in the car and the tears began to flow, I covered my face so that all the happy people wouldn't be able to see me because who cries at Christmas? As Perry turned the key in the ignition and the radio came on, the first words um, we heard were angelic voices singing breath of heaven. The song Mary, the mother of Jesus may have prayed. It continues as this. Did you want to read that part, Marcy? Sure. And and what's funny is that she wrote to me this, this past Sunday, and I was trying to remember the name of this song that day. And then she sent me the email. So breath oh, of wow. heaven, cause it's just a beautiful song. So it's breath of heaven and I can I feel like I want to sing it, but I'm, I won't <laughs> breath of heaven, hold me together, be forever near me, breath of heaven, light in my darkness, pour over me your holiness for you are holy. Do you wonder as you watch my face if a wiser one should have my place? But I offer all I am for the mercy of your plan. Help me to be strong. Help me be. Help me. I cried as I drove off listening carefully to the words of that song. I prayed the song while it played Hold Me Together. Be forever near me. I was reminded again of how pain and joy can coexist, how God must love us to give us these gifts today, a song with just the words we needed to hear and the geese flying over our our remembrance of Matt. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely It was beautiful. beautiful. And I think a beautiful way to kind of end today just with those little messages. So thank you to everyone who's been watching and listening. And again, know that we are doing something similar next week. Oh, Melissa wrote a beautiful comment. Oh, yeah. That I feel like, yeah. when do you want to just read that out loud so the says, podcast people won't be able to right. see this? So. This past summer, I went on a girl's trip that I had planned months before my daughter passed away. The last time I was in this hotel, I was with my kids and I could vividly remember seeing my daughter standing on the balcony looking at the sea. I didn't tell my girlfriends about this memory because I didn't want to damper the mood. The next day, my friend woke up and told me my daughter came to her in her dreams. And when I asked her what she was wearing, she said a striped shirt when she was on. And then I can't read anymore. Oh, let me see. Oh, you know what? I can't either. But yeah, but I'm um, assuming that it was the, the same, same outfit. Yes, that's I'm assuming it was the same outfit. That. Yeah. I don't know if Melissa's still on. She can she can finish, but yeah, I, that's my assumption. It was she was wearing the same striped shirt. Right, that she actually had. Been Isn't wearing that, that amazing? Day. Amazing, amazing! All these beautiful things. Yeah. So thanks so much again for agreeing to come back, and Gwen for coming on. So of course, come on next week and listen to uh, four of us talking again, and then Gwen will be on again with me. Um, and Melissa did just write. She was wearing, the, wearing same the same shirt. Yep, that's exactly yep. what we had guessed. So again, Gwen will be on again in the first week of February, I believe. So watch for that as well. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks, you guys. Good night. Good night. Good night.
Thanks for listening to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. We are always looking for new show ideas. If you'd like to be a guest, know someone who'd be a great guest, or have a show idea, please email us at marcy at andysmom.com. Be sure to visit the webpage, andysmom.com, for more content, including Marcy's blog. There you can also sign up to receive updates via email. Together, let's work to inspire hope, one day at a time.